0: Hi, how's it going, everybody, and welcome to the Day Beautify podcast, the premier e-commerce podcast brought to you by Day Beautify. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and joining me today is Akib Rahman, the founder and CEO of MailMoto, an email marketing solution that enables users to send app-like interactive emails. On this episode, Akib and I discuss the value of interactive emails, what makes a great subject line, how he gamified email marketing, and much more. Here's our interview now. Akeem, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing good as well. Amazing. Well, we're happy to have you here. Akeem, you're from a company, an email marketing agency called Mailmodo. Can you tell us a little bit about that to get started?
1: Sure. It's not an agency. We are a software product, MailMoto. Uh, we are an email marketing software for marketers to add interactive components like forms, quizzes, polls, etc. within the email itself, so that users can take action within the inbox without going to a website or landing page. So traditionally, as a user, you get an email, you have to first open it, then read it, then click on a link, go to a website, maybe log in there to complete any action. Now with mailmodo emails, you can do all those actions like filling a survey form or responding to a feedback form or playing a quiz or a game all within the email itself.
0: That's amazing. And you touched on something that I, that I had kind of slated later in the interview, but you mentioned uh, games in the email. And and so with MailMoto, you've implemented a way to gamify email marketing as well. Can you kind of explain that to me and our audience a little bit?
1: Yeah. Gamification is always a marketer's favorite tic- tactics, right? And people see a lot of engagement uh, with gamification, we realize that traditionally the emails have been really boring. It is just text, images, or link. Uh, all you can do is click on the link, right? But if you add certain gamification elements, like for example, we do spin the wheel, we do polls, quizzes, or even uh, dice throw, etc. It creates curiosity among the user, and they want to see what is happening behind the that wheel. Right, and uh, then they engage more and more. So one, it helps in more engagement and in turn, it helps in more revenue for the brand, but it also helps in more uh, overall improvement in deliverability and your reputation with the email client. So email clients check your uh, engagement level or users engagement level for your domain, to understand whether to put your email in the inbox or different folders or in you know, spams, and with more engagement means that your users are liking your emails. They put give you more and more preference. It helps you across all the matrices that matters for
0: more uh, most
1: email marketers.
0: And that's amazing. The word that I kind of hear you revolving around is interactivity, and I think or or engagement. That's that's the other word that I really hear, and so. I'm extremely curious what the success rate of these interactive emails versus non-interactive emails, what's the success rate?
1: Yeah, it depends on different use cases and also how you define success, whether click is a success, whether it's an open is a success, or whether end revenue is success for you. I can give you certain examples and certain use cases where we have seen much better results with interactive forms within email. So, for example, there was a brand uh, which did NPS surveys within the email. Traditionally, they had used to put a link to a web form and we replaced their email with a email form where people can respond to the NPS rating within the email itself. And if they stayed it, if they used to give rating b- below six, the, there was a the next question, hey, what can we improve? What can we do better to make your rating a 10? Their response rate increased by 257 percent, just because we eliminated certain steps from email to their web form. So That was one example. There was another lead gen form, and there we saw 80 percent increase in conversion, because people can f- fill their lead in the email form itself, then and there without going to a landing page. So. In different cases, the results can vary, and what we uh, do is we put a benchmark compared to a normal email like that. This usually send.
0: When you say a benchmark, what do you mean specifically by that? Is is that like a hard, fast, quantifiable metric?
1: So benchmark means like, uh, let's say you are a brand, you have been s- sending a normal plain email with a link to a website and you're getting, let's say, X percentage result. And interactive email, you are getting a 3X kind of result. That is the difference that we are seeing.
0: Got you. Got you. And so what, in your opinion, we were mentioning and talking about, you know, it depends on what our measure of success is, right? Do you have a specific measure of success that you recommend when you're working with brands? I mean, is it a, a conversion that turns into a sale? Is it an open? Because, uh, you know, on your website... There's a lot of talk about, you know, just opening an email is considered a success. And and it is, but I'm curious, Akib, what your recommended metric of success is.
1: Yeah. So in most cases, I would not recommend measuring success on open or even click. I would measure success on basis of conversion. So the conversion can mean anything for your brand. So for example, somebody who is is sending an NPS survey Number of people who are responding to the survey or giving you feedback is success, right? So that is a conversion. If you're if you are an e-commerce brand and the only thing that matters for you is revenue, then probably the revenue or number of sales is success. If let's say if you're a SaaS company and the only thing that matters to you is people booking a meeting with your salesperson that could mean a success for you. So the success would differ from company to company, but at then it should be one business goal, a conversion and not an open, not a click.
0: Gotcha, a conversion. So what are some other ways that businesses can improve their results from email marketing?
1: So email marketing is a very good channel for retention and nurturing. It is not the best channel for acquisition. For acquisition, you have ads, SEO, sales, etc. But email is a good channel for nurturing. So let's say you're doing you're doing a lot of content marketing and you're bringing top of the funnel users and you're engaging them in different ways and you have their email IDs. You should use email as a channel to build relationships with them, build trust with them, and nurture them, make them to like your brand, as well as be on top of their mind so that when they need the, uh, the your product or when they need to solve the problem that your product is solving, your brand should come on top of their mind. Let's say about take an example of SaaS product, and let's say let's take an example of MailMoto itself, right? So MailMoto customers are email marketers, and we created a lot of different types of content for email marketers through which we do uh, get their email IDs. But not all of them are going to buy Mailmodo today. right? So if I just uh, send them email, hey, please buy my product. This is the best email marketing software in the world. Nobody is going to care about that. But if I continuously engage with them and nurture them, uh, helping them understand what email marketing is or how they can improve their results from email marketing, etc., they will realize that, hey, MailMoto is a very helpful brand. Uh, MailMoto helps me even though I'm not a customer, right? When they need a, need to switch their tool from something else, they would consider MailMoto on, on top of their list. Email kind of a brilliant way to nurture, educate, and engage your users.
0: No, that's wonderful. I think that's uh, really well articulated. And you even kind of started touching on my next question. And that's what specifically separates a company like MailMoto from MailChimp, Klaviyo, and and the like. Cause there are this is a pretty competitive space that you're in right now. And you actually have pretty in-depth tool on your website that compares I want to say price points between those certain things. So I'm curious if you could walk us through that a little bit. How we compare with other tools in the market? Just MailMoto versus the competition essentially.
1: Got it. So yeah, so like you rightly pointed out, we compare with MailChimp Clavio, like constant contact, active campaign and likes of the these email marketing tools we realize that most of these tools just focus on simplifying email sending they have a traditional editor which is which has not changed for a decade which is very clumsy you can do only limited amount of things in email and then you send uh, your emails to your users but the new brands new uh, startups and companies who are growing they want to engage their users more they want to do different things with their email and that's why we focus a lot on improving the email creation both for the end user to make them make it engaging for them and as well as for the marketer themselves to make it easier for them to create these emails. So traditionally the, the emails which took almost a week on any other tool, they can create those emails in in the in a matter of minutes on MailModo. Apart from that, we have enriched the whole campaign sending and campaign workflow management on our platform with educative instructions across the platform, to avoid any kind of mistakes so what we realize that most marketers are not expert in sending emails they make a mistake we can make their emails land into spam or blocked by the email clients etc so we warn them at each and every step as well as guide them make their emails perform better apart from that we also realize that support has been missing from most of other email marketing tools the only thing that you can do is like go on their website buy and do everything yourself so we help our customers educate them and onboard them in a manner that they get successful over a period of time and they don't get stuck in their journey and they or they don't get they should get enough results from it and the last part is that we also realize that in a uh, difficult markets like today's pricing is very important and that's why we slashed our pricing this month and it has uh, become probably one of the most affordable email marketing solution out there while providing the best ROI possible. So if you compare the prices with MailChimp or CloudView, anything like that, our prices are much better than them while providing better ROI and ease of doing email
0: marketing. And you mentioned something in there that I'm extremely curious about. And that is specifically, what are some of those things that put my emails in a spam folder? And I've talked to a few people about this and it feels like it changes, like email to email or company to company or or, or send address to send address. and, and, And I'm curious what your thoughts on that are.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of factors on which different email clients judge an email whether to put it in a box or the junk of the user. However, one simple principle is make your emails for the user, make it valuable for the user. So I classify all those factors in three uh, buckets. Number one is your historical user engagement. So whenever you are sending emails to users, your users can either open it, read it, engage with it or they can just say, hey, uh, I have been getting this email so many times, just click on it, delete it, or just put it as a spam or uh, put it in a junk folder. So there are positive interaction and there are negative interaction. Your goal should be to increase those positive interaction. Why? Because email clients work for their users, not for your brand, right? Uh, they want the best experience for the user. So they keep tracking how different users are behaving with a, a brand's email. If there are more positive engagement, they Think that, okay, this brand has been sending good emails, let's put them into primary folder. However, if they see that a lot of users are get, giving negative engagement, that means that this brand is not good, let's put uh, their email in the spam folder. So your historical engagement with the user matters a lot. Second factor is, your content of the email itself. Let's say if your email is very conversational in nature and it feels like it is something going to be a, like a friend to friend email, email friends are smart enough today to understand that and put your emails in primary folder. However, if it has something like, hey, there's a 50% discount offer, available will deal today exclamation mark so many times, it is probably By now. going to be- yeah. Phone. Yeah, it's probably going to be spam or at least promotion. So the content matters a lot. And third is your whole domain reputation or IP reputation, etc. It basically tells the email client how trustworthy the sender is. So there are certain authentication parameters as well called DKIM, SPF, and DMARC. Those are technical terms. But easily available uh, on Google to understand. So these parameters basically tells that the sender is the actually the sender of this email and not a phishing email or not a somebody spammer is trying to get your information. These authentication as well as your domain reputation and IP reputation tells the email plan that this is a good sender or this is a bad sender and they put the good sender in the inbox of the user, and they put the bad sender in the spam folder. So Basically, the crux of it is that you need to understand how email clients work. Email clients want the best experience for their users, and if you bring the best experience for the users, your emails will land into primary or folders of the email client. But if your emails are not meant for the best interest of the users, your emails will go into spam. That is how I think about it.
0: That was a wonderful explanation. I really appreciate you breaking that down for me. One of the other things that I saw on your company website is that MailMoto is able to generate email subject lines instantly using artificial intelligence, which I don't think is something that I've seen. I've seen um copy for a website or maybe even kind of the copy for an email, but not really the subject lines. And, and I think that's pretty interesting. How, first off, how important is the subject line in the email process?
1: Yeah, so uh, I would say subject line is one of the most important factors to make sure that your emails get read. So no matter how beautiful your email is or how beautiful how engaging the conversation is if people are not opening our emails it is not being read right or it is not being used or communicated to the user even if your emails line into the primary folder of the user the user can choose to ignore your email or just read your subject and delete it right many of the times that happen you and I uh, would be doing the same as well right so subject line is important to make people read your email and then only they would take any action or do any conversion activity or engagement activity. So what we have started doing with AI is that we are giving multiple options. One is that with the content of the email itself, we will generate subject lines and we generate multiple subject lines for you so that you can choose and even do A-B testing and all to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Uh, You can also give additional instructions, like let's say that you want to define the tone of Your subject line or define the character length of the subject line etc to give you more recommendation generated by ai with that we also show what kind of different subject lines work or don't work by showing the different types of historical open rates for your brand as well so we do all of that to help you make better decisions around your subject line. so everybody is doing ai today and a lot of products are bringing uh, AI features in their product and we thought that this could be the most low-hanging fruit for our product, for our users to try. So, But we are not stopping there. We are next to bringing the AI element in the content creation as well, which is going to go live next week again. Then in a few weeks' time, what we are going to do is you just put your uh, website and we will generate the whole email sequences for you with your brand, your logo, your color, etc. So you don't have to do much on Mailmodo. Just, you can start with just your domain and all your emails and sequences will be created automatically.
0: And so what, what I'm hearing you say is then, you know, MailMoto can, can take the emails that that company has sent in the past, test them against each other, see what worked, see what didn't, and then you can create from that base research what you would consider the best email to send for that company is that is that right
1: no so we would not be able to take your past emails uh, because okay. we don't have access to that uh, if you, it is not being sent from our uh, tool but what we're going to do is from your website we are going to understand what kind of industry you are what kind of products you are selling so let's say you are a gotcha. shopify merchant selling t-shirts and let's say alex t-shirts and it has some value proposition etc on your website we are going to figure out your logo from your website we are going to figure out what your uh, value what your value propositions are what your products are etc and what kind of emails do most shopify merchants send for their user and what's what's and not and accordingly we will create those emails for you so that as a let's say solopreneur uh who is selling just t-shirts you don't have to think about your emails you want to focus on so many other things like manufacturing and doing more marketing acquiring more customers
0: no that's great thank you for explaining that to me so i can understand it better that kind of breaks down what mailmoto would look like in, in, in the near future i'm curious keep what your opinion on email marketing as a whole, what the future of that industry is looking like, well, let's say 5, 10, 15 years from now, where do you see that changing a little bit?
1: In past, email marketing has not changed a lot, actually. It has been one of the most affordable channels to engage your audience, and it is probably going to be like that in the near future as well, uh, because it is the only channel where you keep your captive audience. In any other channel, like let's say Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, etc., those those audiences are not yours. Let's say you have been posting on Facebook earlier when Facebook started. Everybody used to see your post but now hardly even one you see your post right so these other channels can own those users and they can change your algorithm their algorithms anytime but your email audience who have given you the consent to send them emails they are your own subscriber you can engage with them work with them and promote your product to them in the way uh, you want The other difference in email and any other channel even let's say the new channels that are coming like SMS and WhatsApp, they are too costly to even communicate anything to your users. Email is not costly at all. It is probably the cheapest channel and the ROI is the highest among all channels. I don't see any competition coming to email in that way. People have to keep using email, both from a user point of view and from brand's point of view, because this is the only way you can communicate to your users effectively as well as affordably.
0: And I've noticed just at large, not a lot of change in the use of email. The main reason I, I say that is because anytime I've ever signed up for anything, whether it is a website or a brand or, you know, some sort of online community, you have to verify your email address. It's not verify your cell phone number. It's not verify... You know, a blockchain. I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's still the same as it was 15 years ago. And that's verify your email address because that's the way that we're going to contact you. And is that because it's cheaper than sending text messages or phone calls or, or is it because that feels too invasive? I mean, why has email continued to pretty much dominate the space for, you know, 15 years now?
1: I think there are plenty of factors. One, it is standard practice. And let's say a new brand, a uh, new company comes and they don't want to change it. They don't want to, like, well, when everybody is communicating over email, they don't want to communicate over, uh, let's say, SMS or blockchain. Probably some people will read those messages, but not everybody will read those messages. So, one is the standard in the industry itself. And it is very hard to change any kind of behavior that has already been made among the masses. Second is that email is un- universally applicable. Like everybody has email, like everybody who has phone, a smartphone, they need to have email. Everybody who has an on-, on internet, they have to have email. So it is like an identity that you have on internet and that makes it easier for any brands to communicate. Third is, of course, our phones, like phone number or SMS or WhatsApp, except our very personal spaces. We want all- only our friends to communicate over there. We don't want companies to start sending me, hey, buy this. Uh, this is Halloween on my uh, SMS or on, on my WhatsApp. So I think this is, there are multiple factors, which is causing emails to be being, uh, being the deployed channel for all brands to communicate with their user.
0: No, that's great. I appreciate that. keep the last question that I always ask guests in these interviews is about how entrepreneurs are operating around the clock in an extremely stress-inducing industry. And I find it's really important that people have hobbies and interests to practice good mental hygiene and work-life harmony and that sort of thing. So Aqib, what are are some of your hobbies and interests to stay in good mental health and have a work-life harmony?
1: Probably I don't work that much, but uh, I meeting uh, different types of people to engage in different types of ideas and from different backgrounds, not just my work colleagues, but friends, friends of friends, family, etc., and give me good uh, different types of worldview. So that's one. Second, I uh, like to play a lot of board games like chess, Catan, etc.,
0: which helped me uh rewind as well i love Catan. i'm a big settlers as a Catan fan
1: oh nice we should play something
0: yeah do they have like an online thing I've, I've i've never played online before but i can imagine there's got to be an online community for that yeah
1: they have an online thing called colonist.io uh, i
0: often play there that's awesome we'll have to link up and play online sometime my friend
1: sure sure definitely
0: well akib i really appreciate your time thank you for coming on the show and good luck with mail thank you very much alex I'd like to thank my guest Akib Rahman for joining me on the show and come back on Tuesday when I talk with David Wax the founder of Handwritten a service that's bringing back the lost art of letter writing through scalable robot based solutions that write your notes in pen for more information about Akeeb, you can connect with him on LinkedIn or follow him on Twitter at AR underscore bits and to learn more about Mailmodo, you can check out their website mailmodo.com. M-A-I-L-M-O-D-O that's our show thanks for joining us and we hope you come back to find new episodes being published every Tuesday and Thursday. Until then.